Sterling Shepard getting snaps in the slot. 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 Yeah, come on. Come on. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heel is the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips is the fantasy freestyle. You win championships at the fantasy freestyle. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat is the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips at the fantasy freestyle. You win championships you win with that fantasy, fantasy freestyle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, You know what it is. Rocks and speeds in the place to be. This is the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, giving you everything you need to hold you down. And sometimes people need to be held down. Right, Rocks? Yeah, man. I mean, sometimes I need to be held down, and sometimes I need to be brought up, uplifted. And I really hope that that's what we do on this episode. You know, we got a lot for you. We got some red things. We got some blue things. Put them together, make purple. We always got some of that purple stuff with us. Yes, uh, we got that purple. You know, uh, just just happy to be here, surviving and thriving in America. You know, speeds. Um, we're going into week ten, right? We are, we are, we are, and we've been looking at the stats. We've been looking at the uh, the percentages, the tenths of a point to win your games, win your leagues, and win, win that, that cash. That's what we're here to focus on, yo. There's been a lot of things going on. You know, one of the things that we said we were going to get into um, two traditional powerhouses. Uh, yeah. You know that are maybe having they're having a moment two traditional american teams on one the west the coast AFC, on the west the coast NFC. you've got those oakland raiders you know going coming back to respectability more than respectability you know, know well that, let's see them do it in oakland consistently even though they did last week but yeah no definitely that's a team really that you've got to watch and they're a traditional franchise right there's someone that we grew up in the 80s the oakland raiders were largely a respectable team yeah and they had their glory years in the 70s under john madden what i'm most impressed about with the Oakland Raiders, Raiders is the way they beat the Broncos in uh, their game last week when they announced themselves on Sunday Night Football. Um, they used six offensive linemen and uh, ran on the Denver Broncos, which was different from what you thought after a car was coming off like a 500-yard game. So if they can beat people both ways... Yep, and you didn't I, see that. The running game speeds. We've yeah. talked about it. I know you were actually really low on I Latavius, down Murray. On Latavius they, Murray. They threw everything they could at the wall to see what stuff and it yeah. seems like maybe he's going to be after coming back from injury. What sticks for them? It is. I uh, I will say this. Latavius Murray has looked good coming back from injury, but they still use Washington and they use Richard. I would say credit needs to be go to that offensive line. I saw that David Carr has only been sacked three times all season. He's only had eight QB hits on him all season. The Raiders invested in that offensive line in the offseason. I think that's what's paying off on a big level to help the developing quarterback there, Carr. And, you know, just to, just to expand upon that with Carr, I remember I watched him closely his rookie year. I had him in, in you know, our home league, and he did not make back-breaking mistakes. There really wasn't a lot that you could necessarily hang your hat on that he did well. Low, low yards per attempt, didn't really test downfield, but he did not make those stupid rookie mistakes, and you've seen him basically hold on to that, and as Speed said, they built up a line around him. They gave him some weapons yeah. on the outside Ooh. in terms of a Amari Cooper, Cooper and Crabtree, Crabtree destroying me? things. And now, again, adding a running game in that uh, 
you know, the defense is still suspect, but they could they could make a real solid push I in that so, AFC. Here, let me tell you something. These defense, you call them suspect. Khalil Mack is not suspect. He's one of the best edge rushers and outside linebackers in the game. I am confused as to why they did not give the uh, attackers more help against him in Denver because uh, he ridiculously killed him last year. Did the same thing, getting a lot of pressure on Trevor Simeon. Yo, so while I think the Raiders are going to be able to make the playoffs, I think they even have a shot at winning the division. The thing I'll say out of this is that uh, I think the Broncos might be in trouble here because you got to remember the Chiefs are a very solid team out in yeah. that AFC West yep. as well. So yeah, the, the, the Raiders may on the, be on the rise, but Denver, despite their defense, there's been more and more questions around Simeon. Also, we have to know that Devontae Booker has not looked that blunt great. Guts trash. He's looked like blunt guts So trash. I think that opens it up for the Raiders to have a nice little path. On the NFC side, you know, we also have a team led by young talent and an offensive line that um, is the best record in the NFC. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, Speeds, what I will say is that I think that Dak Prescott, and I'm not going out on a limb here to say that Dak Prescott is a clear cut above Trevor Simeon. Trevor sure. Simeon, I still feel not long for starting in Denver. It may not be this year, uh, but it'll almost definitely be next year. You'll see Paxton Lynch take over. However, I think the Cowboys have found what they need in Dak Prescott, and I think that they finally realize it as well. You're seeing with Romo, they're saying he is now healthy. He's now ready to go. However, the Cowboys have been rolling. They've got Ezekiel Elliott, another rookie who's completely dominating the league. Ezekiel Elliott is literally taking the ball and running with it for that Cowboys offense behind that dominant offensive line. Leads the league in rushing with 891 yards. God damn, that's a lot of yards. One of the uh, top backs in fantasy, obviously, you know, maybe only David Johnson and others uh, like that ahead of him. But, um, also, here's the thing what I keep an eye on on the Cowboys. Um, Dez still has yet to really produce outside the one game when he came back, only one for 19 in his last was effort. Very quiet last week. I was wrong about that. I thought, you know, he, was, so I thought he was gonna shine. Here's my question though. As if Dallas keeps on winning, um, and Dak keeps on winning, but Dez does not produce. Do you think Dez stays happy? Do you think Dez is just like with it and rolling? Or does he start talking about that he needs the damn ball? I think that you'll see Dez Bryant be a good teammate and Dez Bryant basically doing the right thing. Unless you catch the Cowboys in not one game, but in a two-game losing streak where he's not getting the ball, and then I could see Dez causing some problems for them potentially in the media by saying, you know, Tony never Tony never forgot about me, even though Tony Tony Romo also would oftentimes frustratingly not push the ball to Dez. Um, but, you know, I, I think that as long as the Cowboys are winning, you know, Dez isn't Dez isn't that much of a diva wide receiver. When they're winning, he'll say the right thing. If they start losing, and not just one game, I think two games in a row, you're going to see a situation. All right, all right. You know, the other thing we got to get into, uh, since we last gave you the heat, gave you the fantasy freestyle, dropping stats over beats, fantasy freestyle, um, we also have yet to give you our take on the interesting uh, refereeing that took place in Seattle last week on Monday Night Football, where you 
had, uh, you know, Sherman obviously go off sides and then make contact, going for the ball, he actually touching the ball. And then, interestingly enough, the trainer coming on, so Carpenter has to sit out a play. Yep. Um, and what I said, Ross on Shot Callers, also on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, was like, props to Rex. Because at first, I actually, you know, we watch football together a lot. I saw the play and was like, oh, the trainer came out. He's going to have to miss a play. I knew that. But then Rex thought to thing, spike it. Yep. Thought to spike it as the play. I give it to him on that. And we kill Rex all the time for, quite frankly, not being like a good coach. That was a good move. I like that. Well, what I'll say is the refs also, that judgment call on like the roughness, whatever. But then the mechanical error of the time clock and the delay of game. Like they, they got, they got hosed. You know, I'll say two things about that's that. That's three points. The game strategy at the end. It's unfortunate that that happened, but in terms of a primetime game, the NFL really needed a good primetime game. And that that was not one that was necessarily shaping up to be a great game, oh, Seattle at home. It but it was, it was a great game. It was a fun game. But obviously, the refs screwing, uh, and I'll say it, the refs screwed Buffalo out of three points there at the end. And, you know, honestly, I, I think the refs should be castrated for, for things like that. Yo, when you talk about castration, uh, that is a popular opinion over here. Apparently, uh, Buffalo kicker Carpenter, his wife, uh, actually had a lot of things to say about Twitter, even referenced the, uh, I guess, like the farm castration tool that they use, uh, what she described as like when, when men don't act the right way. And it was very interesting. Sherman had some beef, and especially with... Wait, you're telling me Richard Sherman had an opinion on yeah, this? Yeah, he had an opinion, and especially, you know, with the context of other things that have happened yeah. this week, you know, I think it's a very interesting time. I would say, uh, Rox, I have two questions for you. Okay. One, is there ever a good situation where the spouse or the children or the parents of a coach or a player or a GM should be on Twitter, number one, and two, should these refs get paid and be full-time employees of the NFL so that maybe communication is better and these kinds of things don't happen? You can take them in any order you want. I'll fill the second one first. I'll say, you know, I often tell people that the NFL taken alone would be the sixth biggest economy in the world. They could occupy countries, too, as a military force. Yeah, I mean, the stat is actually not true at all, but the NFL generates a ton of revenue. The idea that... What is it? control for the rig system? Five or six dozen people can't be paid full-time salaries in the way of the referees, can't be held to a little bit of higher standards. I think that's... Referees. I think that that's completely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they should also, at least maybe just the referees, the heads of all the crews, right? Because then, you know, you could uh, do a lot of things, have a consistent review, have consistent communication, use them throughout the year in clinics and, um, you know, practices. I think there would be plenty of reasons to make that. Um, and you could even have them out in the community, like refereeing street fights, sure, you know, pick up basketball games, all types of stuff. All sorts of stuff to do that they could do in the off season, right? Yeah, I'm saying, you know, and no, I, I, to me, it doesn't make any sense at all. I'm sure that there at one point back in the day may have been a good reason for that. But the NFL is too big, too profitable. And quite frankly, if they want the viewer to be confident that they're watching a game, that the outcome has been judged by what happened on the field and not the whims of some some guys in prison outfits, uh, you know, I think that they want to step it up, clean it up and get that addressed. To your second, first yeah, question. Yeah, let's get to the more important um, question. The preferred method of communication for the president you know, of the United States. If you happen to be a spouse, you know, if, you're, if your wife is in the WNBA and you're sitting there watching the game and you think that she gets 
gets fouled, um, keep it to yourself. Uh, if your if your you know if your husband gets roughed by Richard Sherman, um, and you're on Twitter like posting something that could potentially be viewed as racially insensitive or even just ridiculous, uh, no, what's the upside to that? You know, and everyone has those feelings, and if you know you need to have an outlet for them, yo, go to the bar, watch with your friend, you know. And also, isn't this like a, um, you know, you're impacting, this is a business, right? And so by doing that and making like a quote-unquote distraction, you're making your your family member asset less likely to be get signed, you know, later on in a future contract. You know, you don't want to create controversy who is, for that who's, business sense. Who's my man, uh, it's not coming to mind, uh, the cornerback on Miami. His wife was extremely outspoken, talking about how terrible uh, Ryan Tannehill was. Uh, oh, goodness. Grimes? Yes, yes, it was Brent yes, Grimes. Brent Grimes. Brent, Brent Grimes' wife, wife was... Check it out on Twitter, yo. Ridiculously outspoken on Twitter, even, I believe, bringing up, like, the uh, the religious beliefs of the ownership. But what's the... That, and he's no longer there in Miami. Exactly. And, you know, I would imagine also that if I was the ownership group that he was in, in discussions with to be signed to a, you know, eight-figure deal, I would take that sort of thing seriously as a serious downside. And this is just... It's a, just bad luck, man. Don't, incredibly nothing, bad timing. Nothing you would want. I, my rule of thumb with social media is don't post anything you wouldn't be okay with your grandmother seeing. And I'm I'm all good because my grandmothers were both really, really cool. All right, all right. So, yeah, let's keep it moving, yo. One other thing we want to do, because this is what we always do on Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And check it out. If you like what you hear, you um, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. You can easily do that and get, get us all the time. Yeah, right? and, and check us out on the Fantasy Sports Radio. Network airing on Saturday. Speeds, it's funny you mentioned Twitter. Uh, I posted a poll for our gentleman's bet last week. It's with the Fantasy Free, that's at Fantasy Freestyle. Leave off the last E. We no don't errors. make any errors. And uh, we had a gentleman's bet last week. It was would Kenneth Dixon put up more or less than 10 points per game in PPR? Speeds took the over. And interestingly enough, uh, our robust Twitter audience responded and met. Thanks to everybody for voting, y'all. Seriously. So your vote does count. 56% of people agreed with speeds. All right, then he would get the over, but not so much. No, it was not to be. Uh, K. Dix, as I call him when I'm betting against him, uh, tallied a lowly 13 yards from scrimmage. Most of all that was on the ground. He did add two catches for no yards in what is increasingly a very, very messy and unproductive Baltimore backfield. Yeah, it is interesting, especially with that change in offensive coordinators. You know, we'll see what happens as they move along. Um, Rox, I will say, you. Uh, I think you do have the season lead in our gentlemen's bets. Um, I think you won one or two early. I got hot there for a little while. Yep, and I then reversed. You, I stopped that streak. And I then you that got momentum. this one. And then you got this one right here. So check it out. We'll be uh, making our gentlemen's bet uh, for week 10 a little bit later on in the show. Um, when we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to go game by game in all our spotlight games, right? We're going to tell them who, you know, what they need, who to start, who to sit, who to try and trade for who's the good value we're gonna be in that rust belt that sun belt those communities those districts those parishes yeah yeah we're looking for talent everywhere um so yeah man uh we'll be right back fantasy sports radio network this is the fantasy freestyle game by game week 10 (laughs) ha ha after this get yourself a beverage you deserve it i would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way 
until we got to do something else. Rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is. We back here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're dropping stats over beats, rocks and speeds. It's the fantasy freestyle. That's what we do. We give you everything you need so you can win your leagues and win Win that cash. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about a few games that we need to get into here for week 10. You're going to hear about a lot of other games as we go through our flagship segments later on, our game flow geniuses, our diamonds, and our fantasy fugazis. Forget Forget about about them. them. But we're going to talk about a couple of games here. One game I want to get into rocks the Houston Texans go to Jacksonville in an AFC South matchup and you wouldn't think this would be one of our spotlight games but I want to bring this up because I think um, the Texans they have some heat I think they have an ascending uh, Indianapolis team I think they have an ascending to be honest Tennessee Titans team to worry about the Texans need to win this divisional matchup on the road against Jacksonville I think it's going to be interesting I know you have a little bit of thoughts and we're going to hear about Lamar Miller later on what I want to talk about in this game is that um, I fade DeAndre Hopkins here if you possibly can and the reason is he and his chemistry with Brock Osweiler still has not yet developed but uh, you know I know they're going against a team that looked like they gave up but I still I need to uh, see it before I believe it with the reemergence of D-Hop yeah Speeds and you know I feel like I've kind of gone back and forth on this Texans team and how good they really are this season I remember um, I remember you know the Texans are sitting now at five and three. I remember, I think it was week three. They played the Patriots in Jacoby Brissett's yeah. first start, and you you said to me, and I don't mean to call you on this, but you said you know the Texans are going to win this game because they're a good team, and yeah. Jacoby Brissett was third string, and he came out of nowhere, shocked the world in that one. So I kind of wrote the Texans off there, but there they are, clawing their way back to respectability now, coming off that bye week. I mean, I think that really Jacksonville has been so terrible in the first half that we're really seeing a repeat. Of what happened last year in terms of the garbage time Blake Bortles Bortles service you know uh, Canadian Blake um, you know he's just basically been garbage but still putting those points up in the second half one thing I would watch closely Alan Hearns uh, been having dealing with a concussion if he doesn't play in the game that's looking likely to feature a lot more garbage time Marquise Lee may become interesting as a flyer keep your eye out on that I like Marquise Lee Yo, he, cons- cons- he continues to get between uh, 6 to 9 targets Targets a game. I will also say it was nice to see uh, the true return of Chris Ivory in that last game. 18 carries, 107 yards, and was running hard like usual. Little thing you would, might not know, Blake Bortles, you were talking about Bortles service before. He had uh, 54 rushing yards in his last game. He There's been four games this season where Blake Bortles was the Jaguars' leading rusher. That's so not, not only do you get garbage time production, but you get that running production from them as well. Another game we're going to go to, the Green Bay Packers. You know, talk about should they relax or should they be panicked? They go to Tennessee where, like I said, the Tennessee Titans are also contenders in that AFC South, and they are home underdogs giving up, uh, getting two and a half points.
Falcons to the Green Bay Packers. What do you think uh, about this one? Is Aaron Rodgers doing too much rocks? No, I mean, I think that, you know, they, they were dealt a bad hand in terms of what happened with their running back situation. I think they made the best of it with Ty Montgomery. Um, and, and I think that you're seeing maybe James Starks yeah. coming back this week, making it a little bit more interesting, maybe giving them a little bit of that more traditional running back out of the backfield. However, um, you know, I, I say make the best of it. You know, honestly, Aaron Rodgers looked to Montgomery out of the backfield. And I think he also, you know, has continued to become a little bit more comfortable with his wide receivers, primarily Devontae Adams, who's really just been a beast in terms of PPR, but also Jordy Nelson getting loose a little bit downfield, getting some of those longer games, those splash plays that we were not seeing earlier in the season and that everyone thought were so integral to the Packers offense functioning the way that we've known and loved them to function for years on end. So honestly, I think in this one that you're going to see, you're going to see uh, Rodgers do really well. I think also you will see um, the running game continue to struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, check it out, man. You should also be listening to Speeds the Spitting Statistician on Shot Callers on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And for the last couple of weeks, I've been telling you, it'd be an interesting look. Maybe you want to stash James Starks for this purpose where he's going to now get the load. I think it'd be an actual running game. And I think the Packers might round into form. I also wanted to point out that Aaron Rodgers got 46 rushing yards last week. And I think that's indicative of him thinking about trying to do too much. On the Tennessee side of things, um, you know, it doesn't look like uh, Derrick Henry is going to play. And that means a ton of exotic smash mouth and DeMarco Murray. They're going up the Packers run defense, which is number one in the NFL. But we did see Zeke Elliott kind of shred that a few weeks ago. How do you think that's going to go exotic smash mouth against the number one run defense? Oh, you know, uh, impenetrable force versus movable object or whoever the hell the old uh, saying goes. You know, what I will say is that DeMarco Murray has proved a lot of people, including myself, wrong. He is not done, but I do not think the recipe for success for the Titans team is running him into the ground. And it seemed like they knew that when they started talking about Henry getting right. more work. So, I mean, you look at Murray, he's got 174 carries through nine games. You know, Tennessee is still a game below 500, but you mentioned them as being serious competitors in that AFC They're only South. one game back of, you know, the, of the Texans and, and the Colts are right there in the so same exact I think I think that they're going to be careful about running him into the ground. I think you may see a little bit more creativity. You may see Mariota uh, doing a little bit of running in that game. I think you're going to see a lot of Delaney Walker as well. Okay. I, I still think, and I've been on this all year, he hasn't been fully healthy, but I still think he is the Titans' best wide receiver, uh, yeah, pass sure. catcher, best tight end. Um, you know, I also think that it's going to be more interesting to see, are the Titans going to be able to get that pressure on Aaron Rodgers? I believe he had 60 running yards the week before. Yeah, he's been running touchdowns. the ball. And, you know, he's elusive enough in the pocket that it's not necessarily a bad thing if he gets pressure for your fantasy team, because he's willing to take those uh, just take off downfield, and I think this will actually probably be a little bit of a closer game than a lot of people think. Alright, alright, yo, the next game we want to highlight here, Week 10 on the Fantasy Freestyle dropping stats over beats. I think this this is going to be a good one, Rocks. The Atlanta Falcons go to Philadelphia. Um, that Eagles defense has been pretty good, giving up only 18.1 points a game. But can they handle the number one offense in the NFL? Matty Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons scoring 33.9 points a game. That leads the NFL. Matty Ryan also leads the NFL with 2,636 passing 
yards. And yo, this was probably my worst call of the season. Speeds the Spitting Statistician was very adamant that you should have sold Matt Ryan a few weeks ago. I was wrong. Matty Ryan looking like an NFL MVP candidate in this game. But I will say, look out for my man, Mohamed Sanu. He had a nice game last game going nine catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. And I think he's got a growing role as he gets more and more familiar. You can do a lot of things with Mohamed Sanu. And remember, there have been games so far this season where Julio Jones has looked banged up, continues to play through it, but then becomes something of a decoy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some things like that happen in the city of brotherly love uh, with Philadelphia. So um, I like Mohamed Sanu, someone to watch in this game. What you looking at in this game, Rox? You know, honestly, I think uh, we maybe were a little too early on Philly being real, and I think maybe a lot of that had to do with Carson Wentz. And I think that you're really going to see a test also for a Philadelphia defense that is supposed to be one of the true elite defenses in the NFL. Yo, you get back to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan actually has 3,133 completions in his career. That's the most in any NFL players first nine seasons we simply don't think of Matt Ryan that way he started fast in his career you know great connection with Roddy White there was a time where they overlapped and there was a bit of a downtime Matt Ryan is completely back if not the MVP I think we could probably at least give Matt Ryan the comeback player of the year award I mean I'm not really sold on Mohamed Sanu. I never have been. I think he's more as a gadget guy. I think Tyler Gabriel is a guy who got a little bit of burn last week. You saw it with a rushing touchdown, but he's been more involved. I wouldn't be shocked to start seeing him making a few more uh, plays downfield as Matt Ryan becomes more and more comfortable in that offense. All right, all right. You know, you mentioned that on the Philadelphia Eagles, they may be doing a little bit fake. I've been saying for a couple of weeks that as they gather tape on that rookie quarterback. We'll see if he may be able to make the adjustments right back. Uh, later on, on the Fantasy Freestyle, you're going to hear uh, somebody else on the Philadelphia Eagles offense who I might have as one of my diamonds in the rough later on. We'll talk about that um, like I said, later on in the show. The last game we want to get into is Monday Night Football Rocks where the Cincinnati Bengals go to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Football Giants. I have a feeling this is going to be a good one for some reason. I think uh, points could be scored in this one and I think production can happen. One person that I'm telling you will produce because he always produces is A.J. Green. Remember, here at Fantasy Freestyle, we tip our cap to him. Uh, new baby daddy, new father, remember him. Now, if you want to crown him, then crown their ass. What are you seeing in this Monday Night Football game, Rox? You know, I, I think that, uh, as you just said, A.J. Green, the new father, is going to eat. I think you're going to see Odell Beckham certainly eating as well for the New York Giants. One of the interesting things, and it's been interesting all season, is the breakdown between a resurgent Victor Cruz and my boy Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. You know, he's he's been the Giants wide receiver two, wide receiver three, getting some snaps in the slot, getting some snaps in the Sterling Shepard getting snaps in the slot. 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 It's Sterling Shepard getting snaps in the slot. And my boy Paul from Astoria was asking me about possibly acquiring Sterling Shepard, who we now know gets snaps from the slot. And I'm Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And I'm just good old Rocks one. I want winners. And I said, yo, pump the brakes on.
on that. He's been seeing a ton of targets, about eight per week, but he's not really turning them into too many yards. He did get a touchdown last week. Uh, I, I, you know, I like him long term, but I don't see Sterling Shepard as being a difference maker this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'd also try and avoid Victor Cruz if I could. For sure, yo. On the Giants, the one person I do want to point out, remember, it was a constant theme I've been talking about. This is the time of the year where those rookie running backs start. And I like Paul Perkins. PP in this one, okay. Uh, Rashad Jennings only went 11 for 26 in his last game. And Paul Perkins also got 11 carries. I think he's having a growing role. The only last player I'll point out on the Cincinnati side of things. Look for a continued growth in the offense out of Tyler Eifert. Um, coming off a nine-catch, 102-yard game. Got in the end zone. He got in the end zone a ton of times last year. 13 or 14 touchdowns last year. He's getting more and more healthy. Yo. And they need him because they've had trouble in the red zone. He's going to be make them much more dynamic and honestly also going to free up A.J. Green for a little bit more single coverage on those jump balls. No doubt, no doubt. When we come back, we will dive into a few specific players in our flagship segments. We do the Game Flow Geniuses, the Diamonds in the Rough, and the Fugazis. Forget about it. Yo, this is Fantasy Freestyle Rocks and Speeds here on a Week 10 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Yo, we are in the home stretch with you here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Rocks One, young fistful of rings with my man, Speeds, the spitting statistician. We're here to break down, break down what we call our flagships. All right. That's those diamonds in the rough. Oh, yeah. We also, unfortunately, have to give you some full daisies. Forget about them. And, of course, we got our game flow geniuses letting you know who's poised to have a bigger week than usual because the way that game script's gonna work for them. Yo, let's start off with these game flow geniuses, yo, alright? I'm gonna give them one, hit him in the head. Yo, I dug real deep for that. This cat was only 7% owned. I'm talking about Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. I like this for a number of reasons. I want to see what you think about it, Rocks. First of all, um, Jeremy Macklin, no good. No good. His groin, I think it is. No good. He's out, right? Listen, Tyreek Hill is a guy that they try to get involved in the offense regardless. This is a guy who ran the ball twice uh, last week. They do a little end arounds for him, stuff like that. He also, if you remember two weeks ago, made a huge diving one-handed grab for a touchdown. And I also like that the Kansas City Chiefs will be welcoming back starter Alex Smith this week um, to be able to go against a Carolina defense that we talked about that young secondary. They may have figured some things out after the bye. The defense is looking much better. But, but I think they are still young in the secondary and can still be beat. I think they will be big plays for Tyreek Hill for a Kansas City Chiefs game that's going to travel east and do work. Uh, Tyreek Hill, game flow genius. I like it. And, you know, Hill... uh Hill, Hill's already got four touchdown grabs on the season. Um, and I, I think also, like, with Macklin out, you know, you're going to hear me get into it in a little bit. I honestly think that Kelsey will be the main beneficiary. However, Tyreek Hill has looked pretty damn good when he's had the ball in his hands. And they've tried, as you said, to scheme him the ball. Whenever there is uh, whenever there's a number one that's out, it's definitely good to look to a guy who's proven he can do a lot with his touches who might get a lot more. I really like that in terms of the game 
game flow, flow genius. genius. I did not dig very deep at all for okay. uh, for, for my first game flow okay. genius, uh, and that's Lamar Miller. Nice. He's uh, 7,500 on FanDuel. That's still still upper echelon, but maybe a little bit lower than he was early in the season. Coming off their bye week, uh, the, the running back coach says he's going to be back to a workhorse role. You got to like that. Because particularly in this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're not going to see Lamar Miller losing garbage time production to Alfred Blue, which unfortunately has been like Groundhog Day to Lamar Miller owners this year. Watching Brock Osweiler get the team in you know two and three score uh, holes as Lamar Miller is off the field, you know he has basically been averaging 22 touches a game despite that bad game script. Jacksonville's been outscored by their opponents 128 to 54 in the first half this season. That's obviously the largest differential in the NFL, and I think that that bodes really, really well for the Houston Texans offense that wants to get him touches coming out of the bye. The game script should help him in this one. I think he's going to go for at least 100 yards and a touchdown with a couple of catches thrown in for good measure. I'd also say, for those of you in leagues where the trading deadline is rapidly approaching, Miller has been by no means a bust, but he has not lived up to those lofty expectations that were placed on his shoulders when a lot of fantasy owners made him a first-round pick. The schedule is substantially softer in the second half of the season than it was in the first. He's still on pace for about 1,400 yards from scrimmage. If you can buy low, I would buy low before this game with Jacksonville. Lamar Miller, game flow genius, rest of season genius. I hate, yo, putting down the gauntlet, saying he's going to snap back after the buy that they had. They're going to be looking good. Hopefully, I, I hope the same as a DeAndre Hopkins owner that the Houston Texans the passing could be picking it up. Yo, my, my next game flow genius is going to be Michael Thomas, New Orleans wide receiver. You can get him at 6,400 on the fan duel. And listen, I know that Denver, who's coming in, has the number one pass defense in the NFL, giving up only 183 yards a game. I'm aware of that, okay? However, and my boy Rox has been all over this, not only for days, but weeks, but years. Drew Brees in the dome. I will set my clock to it, and I hope you set your clock to it going back for daylight savings time last week. Yo, I don't care who it is that's coming in. Drew Brees will put up his 300 yards. He will put up two to three to four touchdowns, and so the thing is, I still think that Michael Thomas is the ascending talent among this core. I also think he is the red zone target among this core. I think you're going to see, you know, your guys like Harris on Brandon Cooks. I think they're going to try to focus on Cooks, and then I think that uh, Sneed will get whatever, but Thomas is going to be the one who eats. Thomas 5 for 73 in his last game with two touchdowns. I reinforce here, the red zone looks are good. You thought it was going to be Kobe Fleener who would get these red zone looks, but instead it has been Michael Thomas. He's my game flow genius. The Saints will throw in the dome. That is the game flow that I am pretty certain of. I like that call, Speeds, and you know, I really thought that Michael Thomas was being overdrafted a bit based on Willie Sneed. And honestly, you've just watched Thomas's role grow. grow. Sneed has not looked completely the same since coming back from that toe injury. And you're completely right. The Saints are going to be throwing in that fast track of the dome. And I also don't think that they're going to be able to stop Denver. I love that call. My second game flow 
genius is Jonathan Stewart. He's at home versus the Chiefs as a three-point favorite. I personally expect that game against a good Chiefs team to be an extremely close game. I don't think you're going to see either team with much of a two-score lead in the second half. I think that you're going to basically see Carolina with a slight lead in that second half when you get late in that second half. Stewart has had over 60% of his team's carries since he's come back from his injury. The Chiefs are not allowing touchdowns to the running back position, but they are allowing the third highest yards per carry to the position. And 45% of all rushing attempts them have gone for more than five yards. That's the highest in the league. Stewart is a solid RB2 this week. He's 6,800 on FanDuel. I think he's going to push 20 touches. He's the 16th most expensive. He's in that kind of muddled middle, but I expect him to finish well above that in the tween to teen range because I think game flow is going to be on his side in this one. Alright, alright. Yo, let's give them the other things they need to win their leagues and win that cash as we move along. Week 10 here, the NFL season fantasy freestyle rocks and speeds dropping stats over beats. It's the fantasy freestyle. We're going to give you now our diamonds in the rough. And yo, these are valuable, son. When rocks and speeds give you these diamonds, what you need to do is insert them in your DFS lineup. These will be values for you. So that's how we're helping you win your leagues and win that cash, okay? My first diamond, we go to the tight end position and I'm giving out Zach Ertz this week, okay? Zach Ertz is only 4,600 on FanDuel. That's bottom barrel. That is you bottom notice barrel. That, that bottom's out at 4,500 on yeah, the tight end, right? it's crazy. It's crazy. Only 100 like above the minimum for a guy who had eight catches for 97 yards last week, finally being noticed as the security blanket for rookie quarterback Carson Wentz. This week, the head coach also said twice that they, A, need to get him the ball more and that they need to look for him in the red zone more. I think that matters. You also are going against an Atlanta Falcons defense that is 31st in the NFL against the tight end. I think it all lines up and you get him right above the minimum. Unless you're going to go for guys like Gronk or Olsen or the ascending Jimmy Graham again. You know, like we're talking about if there's there's so many guys that are in like the 6,000, 5,000 range. We're talking Zach Ertz here going up in production for 4,600. That's a diamond in the rough. I'm digging for you. I'm finding you something that is valuable. Please remember to use it and cherish it in week 10. Zach Ertz shine bright like a diamond. I do love that Ertz call. Um, I'm going to go with a, a different tight end, though. I will say speeds. He kind of sold me on, on trying to see where I could save uh, I could save some money on tight end and maybe go in other places. What I will say is don't throw in the towel on Travis Kelsey. He got tossed last week in the middle of a productive game, 5 for 58, and I like him to do damage against a Panthers team that also cannot cover the tight end position. Basically, Kelsey has been a beast throughout his career with the ball in his hands. The problem is the Chiefs and Alex Smith have been reluctant to force feed him. We talked about earlier, Jeremy Macklin is out this week. True, They're playing true. a Carolina defense that's allowed the fourth most yards and third most receiving scores to tight end. I think he's going to lead his team in targets. Yo, word to uh, word to Tyreek Hill. He'll get some splash plays. Right. But he's looked explosive with the ball in his hands. And like I said, I think they're going to be scheming it to him a bit more than normal. And hey, this is not for the faint of heart. Kelsey's let you down in a couple 
spots earlier in the season against the Raiders and against the Saints, both of whom have bad pass defenses. However, Carolina bleeding points to the tight end position. I'm trusting him in this one. I think he's an extremely strong DFS play. But, yo, I, I'm trying to try. How well, can, 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 can I But, yo, we're suggesting these tight ends, you know. I'm sensing maybe we can have a little gentleman's bet of Kelsey versus Ertz this week. But because Kelsey cost 6300 and Ertz only cost 4600 I think I need to get some points here, right? How can we how can we make this happen? Gentlemen's bet week 10. All right, let me do some quick math. 1700 divided by salary. 34 uh mm. Mm. so I'll give you I'll give you Ertz plus 20, 20, no, I'll give him no, seven. We crazy. I'll give you Ertz plus 25% of his output Ugh. versus Kelsey. Versus plus 25%. That sounds like a gentleman's bet for week 10, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how we're going to calculate this. I think this bet is rigged, let me tell you. <laughs> but it's the week 10 gentleman's bet. Rocks and speeds, fantasy freestyle. Yo, you sold Ertz, though. I was like, I was like, ooh. Yo, then let me see if I can sell you on my next diamond in the rough for week 10. And that is CJ Pro. I don't know if you have been seeing the trend in Seattle, but Christine Michael has not been doing it for Fugazi. the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get to our Fugazis a little bit later, but yes, C-Mike has been a problem. Five carries, only one yard. He saved you by getting into the end zone. I think he's trending bad. They're also one or two weeks away from Thomas Rawls returning. You know, Speeds and Spitting Statistician has been talking about this for a while. They have been consistently talking Rawls up, and they even have said that CJ Procise will get a lot of work this week because they don't want to go to C-Mike and because Thomas Rawls is not ready. CJ Procise in a game also against the New England Patriots, which will probably be a little bit high scoring, so I expect the third down passing catchback to be on the field a lot. I think CJ Procise is, trust me, a great value. Rocks. CJ Procise, 4,700. Another bottom barrel value. I'm telling you right now, you could put in CJ Procise and Zach Ertz and, you know, Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill, these people I'm giving you, and you can get whoever else yeah, you speeds. want. What are you, what are you spending this extra money on? Like gold, gold, gold fixtures? I'll tell you what. I t- I'm tell, I'll tell you what. Honestly, I'll tell you what. Again, Rox, I'm glad you asked that, okay? Because I'm spending up at running back this week. I'm spending up at running back for two people. David Johnson this week, because he's playing that Sanford historically bad had San Francisco 49ers run defense that is giving up 190 some odd yards a game. You saw them get gashed by not one, but yeah. two New Orleans Saints exactly. running backs last and, week. And, and yo, they give David Johnson the ball all the time. You know, Rox, as someone who has shares of Carson Palmer, in recent weeks, Bruce Arians has gotten away from just letting Palmer do whatever as he wants. He and, should. and they give the ball to David Johnson. And now, they're coming and they're coming off a bye. And now against the historically bad run defense. Okay, so I don't care that he's highest on the board at 9,400. I am paying up for David Johnson this week. I am also paying up for Melvin Gordon this week. Melvin Gordon apparently is now a touchdown scoring machine. And last week he got 30 touches, over 30 touches, over 260 combined yards. And he's playing at home against the Dolphins defense that has to travel across the country and is 30th in the NFL against the run. I think, Mel- and, and 
And Melvin Gordon is doing everything from the San Diego Chargers and Rocks. I have one more note on Melvin Gordon. I don't know if you know this. This is what we do here, guys. Not on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, but on the Fantasy Freestyle. Rocks does not know what I'm about to say because we freestyle it. Melvin Gordon's father is coming home from prison next month. Okay. He and thinks his, now. And his mother, true, we don't know. And his mother sorry, that was cited that um, this is why Melvin Gordon is playing inspired football because he just found out his dad is coming home and that he's going to be inspired for the rest of the season. So I'm so glad you asked. I'm paying up for David Johnson and Melvin Gordon. But my diamond, if you need a value in week 10, CJ Pro Size 4700, diamond in the rough. Yeah, man, my uh, my second diamond this week is uh, is Manny Sanders. Okay, he's only sixty nine hundred on the fan duel, and he's getting a Saints defense that is basically the nicest thing you could say about them is at times they've bent badly and, and then broken. You know, uh, and I really think that the time is right. He's been outside of the top twenty for four weeks in a row now. That's why you're seeing him as that discounted price. Because Trevor Simeon's play has fallen off a cliff. That said, despite all of that, he's been seeing consistent targets, and he has seen 10-plus in the last two weeks. The Saints are completely burnable. The Saints also, as Speeds talked about, are going to be putting some numbers on the board, even against even a against tough the defense. I think that, you, this is the one situation I think that offense beats the defense. Reason the Dome, I've never seen it really get shut down. You know, and, and I would say also that even though Delvin Bro is back for that secondary, they've still got a ton of problems. They can't really get at the quarterback. I like him particularly because, and you know, again, we're talking some bottom barrel guys here. He's $600 cheaper than Demarius Thomas. They've basically been equivalent players this season. You've seen maybe more looks between the 20s to Emmanuel Sanders and maybe a little bit more willingness to go to DT in the red zone. But I think both of them can eat. I'm going to go with the value play here comparatively. And I think that Manny Sanders is clearly that dude. 6,900. He's a very reasonable RB, uh, excuse me, he's a very reasonable wide receiver two who can return easy wide receiver one numbers and what might be more of a shootout in the dome than a lot of people are expecting. Oh yeah, it's never a bad thing in my opinion to take a wide receiver against the New Orleans Saints, yo. But now we've been giving out these game flow geniuses. We've been giving out these diamonds in the rough. We gotta let them know who to avoid rocks in week 10 because we don't want these guys to, you know, you don't want to be spending up too much on certain guys that are gonna underperform. These are people we think are gonna underperform perform. If you don't know how we do about it, Lefty from Mulberry Street will tell you, but we look at the fantasy Fugazis. That's a Fugazi. How do you know it's a Fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. Forget about it. Hey, Rocks, who's your first week 10 Fugazi? Yo, shout out to my peoples uh, from Tulane. Shout out to the Green Wave. Proud alumni. Rocks one young fistful of rings. Been had them rings since I was down in the dirty. Um, I got the all Tulane running back edition. Hey, for your Fugazis. For my Fugazis. Yeah, you call them pride and then calling them Fugazis. Well, shout out to Tulane for even having two running backs currently starting in the NFL right fair, now. Fair. And the first one is the current starter. And 
you might think that you snagged Rob Kelly off waivers a while back. Now you've got Jay Gruden calling him the lead back. The timing is perfect. There's so many teams on by. He is a clear-cut plug-and-play for you. It couldn't be so simple. Whoa, pump those brakes, son. Get that loop out as a jeweler and look a little bit closer. Listen, he ran hard last week. Props to him, 87 and a tud. Minnesota is still very, very, very tough against the run, even though you've seen some cracks in that edifice of the defense the last couple weeks. They've actually only allowed more than 70 yards once this season. And your boy, your boy Rob Kelly, he's only handled more than five carries once in his career. That was last week. He only has one catch on the season. There's no upside whatsoever for him in the receiving game. And guess what? Matt Jones is expected to be back playing behind him. And you've got Chris Thompson lurking and still involved. I think Rob Kelly, even at the bottom barrel price of $5,300 on FanDuel, is nothing more than a fugazi. I much prefer Chris Thompson in PPR leagues. I can understand why he might be a value moving forward in a better matchup, but not this week. Let's see how it shakes out. Fugazi. Forget about him. Yeah, we'll forget about him. The first person I'm telling you guys you need to forget about in week 10 is Julian Edelman. Listen, I've been telling you, I've been down and fading Julian Edelman for a while Does under not the like same him. theory. And I don't know that he's ever really popped off. He's been middling in the same kind of levels of production, especially in standard leagues, all season long. And I've been talking about this for a while. It's almost like I called my shot on shot callers and the fantasy freestyle. Listen, here's the theory. The New England Patriots and their 39-year-old quarterback, Tom Brady, he's even older than us, Rocks. Um, he is getting his production from the middle of the field. It is that Gronk. It is that, you know, black unicorn. Remember, they are trying to replicate uh, what they had with Gronk and Aaron the murderer Hernandez. And also they have, um, you know, James White. But interestingly enough, this week, expect uh, Dion Lewis to potentially get back. He's practicing. Okay, and so that also making a late push. Even more, even more inside the middle of the field targets, less on the outside. I don't think Edelman does it. Oh, and by the way, they're playing Seattle, so the Legion of Boom will be on him. Maybe Sherman. It's going to be not the easiest secondary to throw on, so they're going to do more Patriot-style attacking. I say go far, far away from Edelman. No reason to pay for him at 6000 I would rather give you either of the receivers I told you, even Tyreek Hill over Edelman this week. I think I might make a gentleman's bet about that, but regardless of that, Julian Edelman against the Seattle Legion of Boom, Fugazi. Forget about him. Yo, let's, let, what's good with that gentleman's bet, man? I think, uh, I, I kind of agree with everything you've said to a certain extent. However, I think Edelman is seeing basically exclusive snaps out of the slot, and you've seen Seattle, uh, I know Cam Chancellor is coming back this week, but you've seen Seattle show some vulnerability in the middle of the field. So, I, I agree, you've been, you've been spot on with Edelman all season, and I've been burned uh, trying to be an Edelman Talk himself into a double gentleman's, double gentleman's bet, y'all. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So you're gonna give me that 25 percentage point? Uh, oh, what does Tyreek? What does Tyreek Hill cost? 4,700. Oh, that wasn't. I was hoping it was a different answer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tyreek Hill to hell, to hell with it. You're only young, beautiful, and on the fantasy down. sports radio network a few times in your life. Yo, Let's double, double gentleman's bet. Double it up. Double it up. 
We're doing dangerous things. It's already a new day in America. Who gave us the codes? It's a new day on the fantasy freestyle. Yo, I got another Fugazi for him. Drop it. Okay. Drop it. What I'm telling you is my next Fugazi, and this is a more expensive dude in the 7,000s, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is a Fugazi for me. If you know anything about speeds and spitting statistician, you know that A, he's a Jets fan, and that also he understands that the Jets defense has been good against the run all season long, with the little exception of last week against J.H.I.E. And now the, the the Jets have also had some interesting things. I don't know if you saw Sheldon Richardson. He don't want to go to practice. And Muhammad Wilkins. They don't want to go to practice. They don't even want to go to his own birthday. They don't want to go to his own birthday yeah. celebration. They had a cake for him at the meeting. It was his birthday. It was Mo Wilkinson's birthday. But they, they don't, don't even go. know that he's gluten-free and there was gluten in that cake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a big, big, big problem. But I think they might be aggressive, be really excited to stop Todd Gurley. And outside of this, I think the Jets will try to force Case Keenum, Jared Goff, whoever it's going to be to beat him through the air. And I don't know. Regardless of that happens, I don't think Gurley gets anything higher than 60 yards against the New York Jets. That's why he is my Fugazi. That's, about that's another one I got to give, you know, tip my cap to Speeds credit when it's due. Speeds was early on that. Get rid of your Gurley share as well. He may still in the box. have a chance to bounce back. Uh, you really got to wonder what's going on behind the scenes in L.A. Uh, and I'm not talking Jeff about Fisher, I'm not talking coach. about the, I'm not talking about the casting couch. I'm talking about you don't trade up. You do not trade up to get a guy like that. I got and, a website for you if you like the casting. You couch. know, and then uh, and then just completely sit him. Uh, it, it's really interesting. And you know, you heard Chris Carter go off on. The Rams, but also Jared Goff uh, this week. Is just, he was basically, Chris Carter was like, he's terrible. And yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he understands that how to make play calls. That's what it was on, that's what it was in hard knocks in the spring training. I don't think he's gathering and grasping the offense. You got to study up, man. You know, and I... I know all the stereotypes about the blonde quarterbacks, but you know, California kid. You know, you'd hope that that you know, give him some Adderall or something, right? You know, Kenny Vaccaro. Kenny Vaccaro got that, that Adderall. He's all right. You know, vaccinated. Hey, yo, rocks. You got one last Fugazi for the people. Week ten. Yeah, man. Just coming full circle. That all Tulane running back edition. You could probably guess it if you know you're from. Um, but it's Matt Forte. Matt Forte out of that green wave. He's been a top ten PPR back the last three weeks. That streak stops against the Rams. Like the Jets, the Rams are pretty, pretty solid against the run. They've actually only allowed two top 10 backs on the season and the fifth fewest yards to the position. He's the 10th highest money running back on FanDuel at $7,100. He will not finish this week as anywhere near the 10th highest running back. He's really performed very, very poorly this year when he's faced those tough run defenses. The Seattle defense that we talked about a little bit earlier uh, 43 combined yards and the Arizona defense only 22 combined yards I would I would put the Rams in maybe not quite that class but still extremely solid the receiving floor which has helped him throughout his career was so present in Chicago that made him so easy to count on in PPR leagues has not really been there so much it's really limiting his floor Bilal Powell much more involved as a pass game back and he's even seen carries six in the last two weeks I think you're going to see Matt Forte totally 
totally reliant on a touchdown to return value this week. I would begrudgingly start him if I had to as an RB2 in a PPR league. No way I'm touching him for 7,100 on the fan duel. Fugazi, forget about it, yo. I like that call as well, Ross, because I expect a little bit more of that boom, boom, bilal, pow, pow. That's what you have here. Rocks and speeds on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes. Check us out on Twitter at Fantasy Freestyle. That's how we do it for week 10. We'll be back next week, week 11. But uh, one more thing, Rocks. You know, one of the teams that's on a bye this week, I believe, is the Detroit Lions. So you know who's on a bye? That means Jim Bob Cooter. I had to get that in. Check us out next week on the Fantasy Freestyle where the Lions will be playing someone. We'll still be on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rocks and speeds. Ha-ha. Peace. We got you. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.